So in these two chapters, we're going to be looking at, we're going to be talking about the gatekeepers and uh, some of the military divisions that David had. So we're going to kind of go through a couple verses, hit some key points on it, and then move on to a couple more verses. But uh, gatekeepers and gates are mentioned quite a bit inside Scripture. We know a lot of these cities had big walls around them for protection, not only from uh, their neighboring countries or neighboring cities that may attack them, but also from wildlife that may uh, come in and try and uh, cause a disturbance in there. A lot of these gatekeepers, they had to be people who were very diligent in their work and very alert. They couldn't be too relaxed in their job because if they were too relaxed, it could mean the fate of that city if uh, they weren't doing their jobs. So uh, in Psalms 141.3, it talks about the Lord. It says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth and keep watch over the doors of my lips. Set a gatekeeper over my lips. It's often we like to speak out sometimes and we want to say things, but the Lord can be our gatekeeper. He can watch out over our, over our lips. And uh, just think about those things in a spiritual sense when it comes to gatekeepers. It wasn't just the guys who were up guarding. We have gatekeepers today as well, which we'll get into that in a minute. You know, we can easily look at these gatekeepers. We think about the, just talked about God being the gatekeeper over our lips, but the Holy Spirit is our gatekeeper as well, watching over our ourself, watching over our temple, because our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. He watches over and is our gatekeeper and, and guides us and helps us when temptation comes, comes a knocking. He's there to help us to, to stray away from that temptation and go in the opposite direction. So as we get started, we'll start in verse 1, and we're going to learn some more about the gatekeepers here. So concerning the divisions of the gatekeepers of uh, the Korahites and the Mesh- of Meshlemiah, the son of Kor, and the sons of Asaph. And the sons of Meshlemiah were Zach- uh, Zechariah, the firstborn, uh, Jediel, the second, Jebediah, the third, and Jethanel, the fourth, Elam of the fifth, Johanan, the sixth, Elahenai, the seventh. Moreover, the sons of Obed-Edom were Shemaiah, the firstborn, uh, Jehozabab, the second, Joah, the third, Sakar the fourth, Nathaniel, the fifth, Amel, the sixth, Ishakar the seventh, Pelatai, the eighth, and God blessed him. Also, two Shemaiah, his son, were sons born who governed their father's house, because they were men of great ability. So these had the responsibility of pulling securities within, uh, within Israel and within Jerusalem, in, um, both in a spiritual sense and in a practical sense. Uh, they made sure that only those who were ready to come into worship and those who were prepared to perform the acts of worship would be able to come into the temple, and anyone who was not to be there, they were going to keep out. I look at these... Uh, Gatekeepers, they say here in, in the New King James, it tells us that they were men of great ability. But if you look in the King James Version, it says that they were great men of valor. So these men were just not people who opened and closed doors. They were not doormen, but they were, they were men of valor. They were strong men. They were men of, of a military uh, term in a sense. I kind of, they kind of remind me of the Marines that would that guard the U.S. embassies abroad. So not only were they there to open and shut doors, they were there to make sure 
those who came in were supposed to come in, and those who were supposed to stay out stayed out. And they performed kind of that military guard and military duty at these posts. And we're going to talk about different kinds of these gatekeepers as we go on. <clears throat> Verse 7, it says, The sons of Shemaiah were Othni, Raphael, Obed, Elzebab, whose brothers Elihu and Zemechiah were able men. All these were the sons of Obed-Edom, and they, uh, and they and their sons and their brethren, able, to, able, with, able men with strength for the work 62 of Obed-Edom. So we see here that kind of Obed-Edom's extended family and, and, and that took over some of the security duties. Remember Obed-Edom was the guy that David set the Ark of the Covenant in his house whenever, uh, whenever God has struck down the servant. So I think here Obed-Edom's Obed being part of this security, his family's being part of this, kind of like God blessing them. Hey, you, you were obedient to me in keeping the ark and making sure things were right then. I'm going to bless you and let your people come and be part of this security that David is setting up. And we know that David's setting up all these different things right now with the gatekeepers, and we learned last week about the uh, Levites and the priests, and we learned about the gatekeepers here in the military division. He's setting that all up to turn over the reins of Solomon which we had read back in 1 Kings, and we'll see a little bit of that coming up. But he's starting to kind of set up what this kingdom needs to be. And he's setting up Solomon for success here. In verse 9, it says, And Meshelamiah, his son, and his brethren, eighteen able men, also Hosha of the children of Merari, had sons. Shimri the first, for though he was not the firstborn, his father made him the first. That's interesting. Hokiah the second, Hebeliah the third, Zechariah the fourth. All the sons of the brethren of Hosiah was thirteen. Among these were the divisions of the gatekeepers, among the chief men, having duties just like their brethren to serve in the house of the Lord. And they cast lots for each gate, the small as well as the great, according to their father's house. The lot of the east gate fell to Shelemiah. Then they cast lots for his son, Zechariah. A wise counselor and his lot came out for the north gate. To Obed-Edom, the south gate, and his sons, the storehouse. So we look at this in, in, in just an overall look between chapters 23 and going through these two chapters we're going through. I like the way the author of this book, and it, we know is guided by the Holy Spirit, and starts including everybody in this, from, from the smallest servant to the biggest in which David is trying to, trying to set up here. We talked about the worshipers last week. We talked about the jobs of the Levites and how he even dropped the age of the Levites down to 20 years old instead of 30 to serve. So we see all these things setting up, and it's just a reminder that in the house of God, every member is important. Whether it's the preacher preaching, the worshipers up there presenting worship to to the people inside the congregation listening, we all have an important part to play in the Lord's family. And, and, and I just love the way that they're setting up each and every individual here, giving them their moment, explaining what they do for the Lord. So all of us are important in that, in that aspect. They talked about that they roll lots to find out who would go to his gate. We talked about that last week too, that they would roll lots to see um, what time they would go to serve the Lord and where they were going to go to serve the Lord. We even talked about the Acts of, uh, in the book of Acts, 
how the apostles may have gotten this rolling lots to replace uh, Judas. Maybe they got that from scriptures. We've seen they do, did that then. Hey, let's do it now. But ultimately, God is the one that was in control of the lots. God was in control of how these lots fell and who it fell to. But this was one of the fair ways to do it to where nobody would cry favoritism or any of that. Let's roll lots. Let's figure out who's going to serve where. And this is what we're seeing right, right here. Verse 16, it says, To uh, Shupam and Hosha, the lot uh, came out for the west gate with the Shelcheth gate on the according highway, ascending highway, watchman opposite of watchman. So uh, scholars say that this particular gate may have been where they took out the trash in Jerusalem. So this is uh, one of the gates that they had to watch over. They probably, when they got it, didn't think it was a glorious gate, but they had to watch over it. <laughs> Verse 17 and 18, it says, On the east were six Levites, the north uh, four each day, on the south four each day, and for the storehouse two by two. As for a poor bar, on the west there were four on the highway and two at the poor bar. So here we see them starting to set up how many were going to be guarding, when, and, and, and the times they would have. It says six Levites at the important east gate, four at the north gate, four at the south gate, four over the storehouse, and six at the west gate. And this was for watching, uh, four for watching the causeway and two at Parbar. So we know the east gate is where a lot of the traffic, a lot more traffic would come in through there, coming into Jerusalem. So they set up a few more gatekeepers there to ensure the security at that point. And then they mentioned Parbar. In 2 Kings 23, there was also a Parvar, V-A-R, uh, that was mentioned. If it's the same one, that, that kind of led to the dwelling places inside of the city. So it could possibly be the same one. Verse 19, it says, These were the divisions of the gatekeepers among the sons of Korah and among the sons of Morori. So what he, what he has said here summarizes the course of the gatekeepers and exactly what their positions were, times they were going to do this. And, and the two groups that were involved were the Korahites and the Mororiites that would take their, their families would basically take the gates of the city. So that's what we're seeing here. Then we'll talk a little bit more about gatekeepers going on, but just think about different gatekeepers. We spoke earlier about the Holy Spirit being ultimately our gatekeeper for our temple and our bodies, helping us to guard against temptation, helping to, to decipher what's good and evil and being able to do the right things in the sight of the Lord. Um, I also think of intercessors in the body of Christ as being gatekeepers. Those who pray day in and day out for our church and for our families be in a sense a gatekeeper for the body of Christ as well. And thank God for our intercessors. We have some here that pray day in and day out for our church, and, and we appreciate them. And I also see fathers and husbands as gatekeepers for their families, having to protect their families and keep a lot out of their families uh, and, and give a protection. Ultimately, God has given us that ability. But I think, I think husbands and fathers are definitely gatekeepers for their families as well. All right, now we're going to look at uh, some of the other responsibilities that we had here. Verse 20, we're going to talk about the treasures and other duties. Of the Levites, Ahijah was over the treasures of the house of God and over the treasures of the dedicated 
stand. So we see here the dedicated things. We do remember that David and, and, and Saul himself and some of these other, other uh, guys that are along with David went out to war and they would bring back a lot of spoils from war and they would dedicate them to the Lord. And a lot of these things that were dedicated to the Lord end up being items that were going to go to the temple that David so wished he could have built. So we have these guards that are guarding these items and I think we look at this as they come in to, to, to bring these dedicated items in, these dedicated items that were dedicated to the Lord came through what? Through war and hardship to be able to get them. And we're going to go through war and hardship also to have things that we're going to end up dedicating to the Lord. Whether it's our life, it may be a hardship in life that brings us to the knowledge of Christ. We may all have that story. Where salvation comes and we end up dedicating ourselves to the Lord. It may be areas of our life that we're struggling with with sin or, or depression or whatever it may be. We go through those battles, but at the end, we're going to end up dedicating that to Christ. So everything that we dedicate to Christ often comes with some kind of struggle or some kind of war, whether it's internal or external. But we see that they got all these items that were dedicated to, uh, to God through these battles. Verse 21, it says, The sons of Laadan, the descendant of uh, the Gershonites of Laadan, heads of their father's house of Laadan, the Gershonite, Jael, Jaeli, the sons of Jaeli, uh, Zethem, and Joel, his brothers, were over the treasures of the house of the Lord. Of the Amorites and Israelites, the Hebronites and the Uzalites, Jabul, the son of Gershom, the sons of Moses, were overseer of the treasure. And his brothers, and his brethren, by Eliezer, were Jehobiah, his son, Jeshiah, the son of Joram, and the son of Zechari, his son, and Jethel, Shelomith, Smith, his son. This Shelomith, and his brethren were over all the treasures of the dedicated things which King David and his heads of uh, the heads of his father's house, the captain over thousands and hundreds, and the captains over the army were dedicated. Some of the spoils won in battle, they dedicated to the maintain the house of the Lord, and all that Samuel the seer, Saul of uh, the son of Kish, Abner the son of Ner, and Joab the son of Zerori had dedicated. Every dedicated thing was under the hand of Shelomith and his brethren. So we just talked about all the dedicated, dedicated things that were uh, in the house and the people who were guarding them. I do find funny, going back to verse 20, they talk about Ahijah. Uh, they never mention his descendants at all. And it may be that this spot was going to be left open to anyone who could be able to fill that position as well. So maybe that's one reason that his uh, descendants were not mentioned. And then we move on to verse 29. It says, Of the Israelites, Chenaniah uh, and his sons performed duties of, of the officials and judges over Israel outside of Jerusalem. Of the Hebronites, Shabiah, and his brethren, 1,700 able men, 
had the oversight of Israel on the west side of the Jordan for all the business of the Lord and in the service of the king. Among the Hebronites, Jerajah was, was head of the Hebronites, according to his genealogy of the fathers. In the fourth year, the reign of David, they were sought, and there were found among them capable men at Jazar of Gilead. And his brethren were 2,700 able men, heads of uh, fathers' houses, whom King David made off officials over the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, for every matter pertaining to God and the affairs of the king. So here we see on the west side of the, uh, Jordan, there were 1,700 Levites that served the ten tribes. But if you notice, when they go over to the east side of the Jordan, there's 2,700. Now why is that? Just think about where they were at on the east side of the Jordan and all the pagan people they had to deal with there. They were kind of the front lines heading into Israel. So there was more people that went there to kind of pull security and to deal with the people there than it would be on the west side. It's just uh, when we had actually spoke about these two sides in one of the sermons, we talked about it's, it's, it's a little bit easier to stay in line with God when you're with the fellowship of, of God, when you're with his people, and you're, and you're, and you're with each other, and you're, you're, you're having accountability with each other. You're able to stay a little more in line. But when you're closer to the fringes of your walk, and you're not quite fellowshipping with the people of God anymore, and you're not quite fellowshipping with God anymore, and you're a little closer to those pagan things, you, you may start have a tendency to fall outside the circle. And so I think with these people being closer on the east side of the Jordan to a lot of these pagan people, they wanted to put more security there. So it's better to stay in the center of God's will and the center of God's people than to try and work, walk on the outskirts, kind of, kind of on the fence of things. So it's better to stay in with God's people. Moving on to chapter 27, it reads, And the children of Israel, according to their number, the heads of their father's house, the captains of thousands and hundreds and their officers served the king in every matter of military division. Their divisions came in and went out month by month throughout all the months of the year, each division having 24,000. So verses 1 through 15, they're going to start naming all the different divisions of the military. But the military force of Israel consisted of 12 divisions of 24,000 each. Y'all can do the math on how much that is. Uh, each man served only one month a year. Thus David had a standing army of 24,000, which could be enlarged to 288,000 when necessary. He had quite an army. So if he needed to bring them all together for a major battle, he, he, he had a good force to go in with. Verse 16 It says, furthermore, over the tribes of Israel, the officer over the Reubenites and Eliezer, the son of Zechari, over the Simeonites, uh, Shephatiah, the son of Maacah, over the Levites, Hat, uh, Hashabiah, the son of Kamul, over the Aaronites, Zadok, over Judah, Elihu, one um, of David's brothers, one of David's brothers, Issachar, Omri, the son of Michael, over Zebulun, Ishamiah, the son of Obadiah, over Nephetali, 
Jeremoth, the son of Azarel, over the children of Ephraim, Hosha, the son of Azaziah, over the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joel, the son of Padiah. Over the half-tribe of Manasseh is in Gilead, Iddo, the son of Zechariah, over Benjamin, Jeashel, the son of Abner, over Dan, Azarel, the son of Jeraham. These were the leaders of the tribes of Israel. Now, a lot of these names we'll hear throughout the Bible are not always the same person we hear. But we see a few names that we've, we've mentioned. Uh, we have Elihu, who is one of David's brothers we see here, Zadok, the high priest. Um, we have Jaziel's father of Father Abner, uh, was Saul's cousin, and Ishobelphus was a general. So we see a lot of these names throughout Scripture that are mentioned here. Verse 23, it says, But David did not take a number of those 20 years old and under, because the Lord had said he, he would multiply Israel like the stars of, heaven, of the heavens. And Joab, the son of Zerori, began a census, but he did not finish, for wrath uh, came upon Israel because of the census, nor was the number recorded in the account of the chronicles of King David. Now, we all remember this census in chapter 21 that David was not told to do. Remember, we remember uh, with Moses, Moses conducted a census, but God told him to conduct a census. But David decided on his own, well, let's see how much military might I have Let's see how big the nation of Israel has grown under my, my leadership. And it was more of a prideful thing for him. God did not tell him to do it. And we see, we remember in uh, chapter 21, we see God bringing that punishment on David and upon Israel for doing this thing. Now, there were some other things Israel had did that this kind of punishment kind of added up to. But we see the punishment coming here uh, for David. And, the, and here is, is describing it. As we saw earlier, it was carried out by Joab at David's command. It was never finished because of the intervention by the angel of God who came down and the plague that came down on him. So we see a little mention of that here. Verse 25, it says, And as Maveth, the son of Adel, was over the king's treasures, and Jonathan, uh, jo the son of Uzo was over the storehouse in the field, in the cities, in the villages, and in the fortresses. Ezri, the son of Chelub, was over those who did the work of the field for tilling the ground. And Shimei, the uh, Ram Ramathite, was over the vineyards. And Zabai, the Sh uh, Shiphamite, was over the produce of the vineyard for the supply of wine. Baal Hanan, the Gedorite, was over the olive trees and the sycamore trees that were in the lowlands. And Joash was over the store of oil. And Shetrori and the, uh, the Sharonite was over the herds uh, that, fed, that fed in Sharon. And Shaphat, the son of Adelai, was over the herds that were in the valleys. Obil, the Ishmaelite, was over the camels. Jehadiah, the Marathite, was over the donkeys. And Jaziz, 
the Hagrite was over the flocks. All these were in the officials over King David's property. So we see all the things that belong basically to King David, and these were the people who were overseeing it. Now, I, I know one thing I just noticed about this, you know, sometimes people, and this is kind of a side note, sometimes people see people that are really rich and blessed, they think they're really spiritual. That's not over the case. We've learned that from David and we learned from Solomon and the mistakes they've made. They had a lot of money, but sometimes they had to pay the price for that and the, and the different possessions they had. But we're showing some of the possessions that David had. He had quite a bit, and Solomon, remember talking about all the gold and silver that he had as well. So we see they had quite a fortune here. Verses 32, it says also, Johannathan, jo Johannathan, David's uncle, was a counselor, a wise man, and a scribe. And Jehel, the son of uh, Hakamoni, was the king's son. Ahithophel was the king's counselor, and Hasha, the uh, archite, was the king's companion. After Arthophel was Jehoiada, the son of Benaiah, uh, then Abiathar, and the general of the king's army was Joab. In Proverbs 24, 24.6, uh, it says, For the wise counsel you will wage your own war, and in a multitude of counselors there is safety. And one of the things I do pray for our president right now is that he is surrounded by good counsel, good generals in, in his army, and people in this godly men and women that will, will pray for him and give him good counsel. And I think every leader, we've seen King David needed good counsel, we've seen Solomon needs good counsel. Us in our own, own, own jobs and our own family could always use good counsel to do the right things, and we, we see that here. And these men that, that uh, David had, they were proven to be faithful to him in the past, and they became David's advisors. I pray that we can find faithful men and women to be able to take advice and, get it and, and be advised from. Our message here tonight is a little short because of what we, uh, because of kind of the subject we're talking about here. There's a couple things I want to take away as the gatekeepers. Men, fathers, husbands, we're gatekeepers. Number two, the Holy Spirit is our gatekeeper. Let's listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. Get ourselves in tune with the Holy Spirit and listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling us and heed it. Because if we don't, there will be disaster on the way. Amen. All right. Father, we thank you for this message tonight and the order in which you, you have things and that you are a God of order and a God of... Uh, you're our gatekeeper, Father. Your Holy Spirit is our gatekeeper, Lord. We just thank you for this word. We thank you that we do see the order that you have and that you expect, Father God, and that uh, we can live our life in an order according to you and your spirit. We ask for your blessing here tonight. We ask for those who are not here that you would bless them as well and keep us safe on our travels home. In Jesus' name, amen.